You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Everyone, welcome to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend as we join you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Indians hosting the Blue Jays this weekend in a series that will run through Sunday and then a doubleheader on Memorial Day Monday with the White Sox, the first of four against Chicago. Coming up later on in this week's show, we will hear from Indians relief pitcher Brian Shaw who's having a, a really nice bounce-back season. Also, Tribe starting pitchers Aaron Savali and Sam Henches, as well as Indians field coordinator John McDonald, who is uh, overseeing different areas in the minor league department for the Tribe. That comes up in our final segment a little bit later on. But first, a look back at the week in review, and a good week it was in Detroit for the Indians, and that started Monday night with Sam Henches on the mound against Spencer Turnbull for the Tigers. And the Tigers took the lead with two runs in the second inning, but the Indians responded in the third with Rene Rivera coming through. The pitch. Rivera sends one in the air to straightaway center. Coming hard, Reyes dives. He can't make the catch. Ball trickles by him. Owen Miller around third. He's heading home, and he scores his first major league run. And Jake Bowers advances to third, and the Indians get three straight hits from the bottom of the order and now trail the Tigers 2-1 to one here in inning number three. Cesar Hernandez tied the game at two with an RBI ground out, and it was tied at three in the seventh when the Indians broke through, starting with Owen Miller's alert play in just his second major league game. Here's the 2-2 offering. Checked on a pitch in the dirt, got away from Haas. Here comes Miller, throw to the plate. Miller's in safely with a head-first slide. And the Indians take the lead on the aggressive base running of Owen Miller. Another partial block and a great effort by Eric Haas. And he got a piece of it, but a kick to his right. And Miller never hesitated. And with a head-first slide, beat the flip back from Haas to the pitcher covering. And the Indians have a 4-3 lead on the wild pitch. Later on in the seventh, Eddie Rosario continued to heat up at the plate. Now the 2-2. Swing and a line shot into left center. There's the base hit. That'll score Bowers. It'll score Hernandez. Throw comes into second. And hustling to third is Ramirez. And Eddie Rosario got a mammoth hit. A two-out, two-run shot to left center, and the Indians have a three-run seventh 
and now lead the Detroit Tigers 6-3. to three. Willie Castro's two-run home run would get Detroit back to within a run, but in the ninth, Emmanuel Classe came on to try and secure the win. Which normally means he can look away. Here's the 2-1 pitch. Swing and a line drive to right field. Coming on, diving, making the catch is Luplo. Ball game. Jordan Luplo saving the night for the Indians on a diving catch on a sinking liner in right field to end the ball game. If Luplo doesn't catch it, the Tigers win it. The final tonight, Cleveland 6 and Detroit 5. So a nice win Monday night for the Tribe, and that meant Tuesday night they had Aaron Savali on the mound trying to make it two straight over Detroit. And Cesar Hernandez didn't waste any time putting the Indians on top in this one. So we're underway in downtown Detroit. It's 84 degrees. Scoobal working quickly, and the pitch is swung on. Hit high, hit deep to left. Back is Grossman, and this ball is gone. Over the bullpen and into the seats and left. And Cesar Hernandez with his sixth home run as he leads off tonight's game, blasting the second pitch of the game into the seats in left field. So the Indians quickly on top of the Tigers, one to nothing. And in the eighth, Jordan Luplo gave the Indians some breathing room on the scoreboard. The pitch, a swing and a high fly ball headed to deep left center. On the run is Badu and it's gone! And just like that, Luplo makes an adjustment and blasts a two-run home run to left center, and the Indians lead it four to nothing. Luplo had struck out three times tonight, was in a two-strike situation here in the eighth, and he got a pitch that he hammered over the wall in left center in a huge home run, his seventh and it also broke his 0-for-18 skid. Savali worked into the ninth inning, where the Tigers would scratch out a run to break up the shutout bid, but James Karinczak came on to close out another win. Karinczak comes set. And the 0-1 pitch to Eric Haas. A curveball swung on. Skied in the air to center, medium, deep. Luplo makes the catch. Ball game. And the Indians have won the first two in the Motor City and have now beaten the Detroit Tigers six straight times here in 2021. One thing about the Indians, they do not make it routine in the ninth inning lately, but they find another way to win. And tonight, it's a 4-1 to Tribe win over the Tigers. On Wednesday, the Tigers squeaked out a 1-0 win over the Indians, and Thursday... The Indians are trying to make it a series victory with Shane Bieber on the mound against Matthew Boyd. Really good pitching matchup Thursday afternoon at Comerica Park. And the Indians got the scoring started in the first with Jose Ramirez aboard and Harold Ramirez coming through. Indians with a two-out base runner. No score in the first. Boyd is ready. And he comes to the plate. And the pitch is swung on. Lined toward right center and deep. It's over the head of Badu. It'll get to the wall, and that's going to score Ramirez. And Harold Ramirez is into second base with an RBI double. So Harold Ramirez got a fastball away, and he stayed on it and drove it over everybody's head in the gap to right center. 
It'll be his seventh double and seventh RBI. And the Indians, with a pair of two out hits, have taken a 1 0 lead here in inning number one. We move ahead to the sixth, still 1 0. And again, Jose Ramirez on, and Harold Ramirez getting it done. The pitch swung on, bang back up the middle, and it's into center field, a base hit. Ramirez is going to score, and the Indians lead it 2 0. So it's the same combination. Jose Ramirez and Harold Ramirez combining for a run in the first and another one here in the sixth. Later on in the inning, Eddie Rosario's big week continued. Now the pitch, and it's swung on, and this is ripped to deep right. It is gone! A line drive, two-run home run to right by Eddie Rosario, and the Indians have opened it up, now leading four to nothing. Rosario... With his fourth home run, a laser to the seats and right, giving him 26 RBIs, extending his modest hit streak to seven games. And the Indians have jumped on Matthew Boyd for three straight hits and three runs here in the sixth. However, the big story in this game was happening on the mound, courtesy of Indians ace and Cy Young Award winner Shane Bieber. Shane Bieber today, boy, he has had... Everything working. The fastball, the slider, the curveball. He's thrown a few change-ups and a few cutters, but mostly that three-pitch mix, fastball, curve, and slider. Now the 0-2 delivery. And strike three called on a fastball as Candelario is out looking. Nine strikeouts for Bieber and a no-hitter through six innings. 4-0 Indians lead the Tigers. The seventh is next. Bieber has made 83 pitches through six innings, has struck out nine, walked three. One of the things about today's game is Scope swings and drives one to deep left field, and it's gone. Didn't get the words out of my mouth. I was just going to say there haven't been any hard-hit balls. There haven't been any great defensive plays. That's how dominant Shane Bieber has been. But Jonathan Scope breaks up the no-hitter and the shutout with one swing of the bat. A home run to left, his fourth of the year. And the Indians now lead it by a score of 4-1. to one. Tribe leading, 4-1 to one in the seventh. Two down, a runner on. Bieber's no-hitter lost here in the seventh, but he comes back and strikes out Reyes swinging. Shane Bieber's day will end. What a brilliant outing. As he goes seven innings today, giving up a run on one hit. He struck out a dozen, and he walked four. What a night for Bieber, who was followed by Brian Shaw in the eighth inning, and then James Karinchak in the ninth. Here is the set and the pitch to Castro, and he pops one up foul, third base side. Jose Ramirez is there to make the catch ball game. The Indians take three out of four from the Detroit Tigers. And today, they nearly got a no-hitter from Shane Bieber. He lost it in the seventh inning. But the Indians rode that great effort, winning today 5-2. to two. So a nice win for the Tribe and win number 700 as Indians manager for Tribe manager Terry Francona. Friday, tough start to the homestand. Blue Jays defeated the Indians 11-2 on a rainy, cold, windy night in downtown Cleveland in a game that was shortened to just six and a half innings due to rain.
Stay with us when we come back. We'll have more as Tribe Talk presented by Progressive continues. All right, we've got lucky caller number four, Marcus, on the line. If he answers this question, he wins a new car. Let's do this. Okay, for a new car, name the only actor to appear in... And now a message from our sponsor. With 24-7 support and quick and easy claims, Progressive protects what matters most. Progressive. Films all in the same year. Wait, sorry, I, I didn't hear the question. Three seconds, Marcus. Yeah, no, but there was an ad in the middle. He didn't answer. But I didn't hear anything. Oh, Marcus, you dropped it in the dirt. Progressive. There's never a bad time for great protection. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Indians pitchers flirting with fire today. They've walked five. Boy, you don't want to walk people in this park the way the ball gets out of here. Shaw's pitch. Swung on, got it in on his hands, and it results in a lazy fly to center. Ahmed Rosario bangs the glove on his thigh, reaches up and snags it, and Brian Shaw, old reliable, has come through again. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland, where the Indians are in the midst of a homestand with the second of three games against the Blue Jays Saturday afternoon at 4-10 and then a 1-10 first pitch on Sunday to conclude the series with Toronto. One of the reasons for the Indians' tremendous start by their bullpen has been the work of Brian Shaw, back with the Indians for the first time since the 2017 season. And he says, after working hard to make the club this spring and get back to form, the first two months have gone about as good as he could have imagined. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I like I said, you know, back in spring, you know, we did some stuff uh, in the off season to change, you know, overhaul pretty much everything, um, uh, you know, and obviously throwing in the off season, live BPs, bullpens, all that stuff, coming into camp, throwing all that kind of stuff. Obviously, felt good, felt um, where it needed to be, and to actually, you know, get into season and have the the results that obviously I expected to have, but um, obviously you want anyways um, and expected from the work that I put in. It's just, you know, to have it correlate like that, it's, it's been fantastic. It's It's been awesome. When you say overhaul everything, was, was that to get back to how you were your first time through here, or are you a different pitcher? Uh, yes and no. So it's funny that you say it like that. So, you know, over the last couple of years, obviously things didn't go well, and it, I, the thought process and talking to, you know, pitching coaches and different people, it was – what can I do to get back to who I was, get back to throwing how I used to throw, get back to mechanically what I used to do. And at a certain point, you know, I realized in talking with, uh, you know, some people, I realized and we realized like, no, you don't need to get back to who you were. It's get back to who, get to who you are now with the way your body moves, with your age, with the way, you know, mechanically you feel good. You don't need to go back to something that you did when you were 23, 24, 25. When you're 33, you get to your body's going to move differently. It's going to want to move differently. So it's let's see how the body moves and let's have the best mechanical situation and best, you know, arm slot and everything for how your body moves now because it's not going to move the same when you're 33 as when you were, when you were 23. So I, we kind of got rid of that thought process of getting back to what I was doing or how I used to do stuff, and it was basically let's figure out who we are now and make that the best possible version we can be. Have we seen a change-up from Brian Shaw this season? I mean, according to, I believe, StatCast and all that stuff, it says yes, so I will say yes. 
How long did it take you to have the confidence to throw that in a game? Because I have it on good authority that, that you always threatened to throw it in a game but never quite did the first time through. Yeah, you know, I, I think, um, like I said, you know, doing stuff with this offseason and even last year, you know, I threw it a few times last year. And, um, you know, it, it's a pitch I'm not going to use all the time, but sparingly and, you know, certain situations, you know, call for it. And Part of a bullpen, it's off to a great start. And you've had a, an opportunity to close a game and uh, pitch in different situations. Kind of fun to, to be in this spot with, with that much talent around you? Absolutely. I mean, it, it's always a lot of fun to be you know, part of something, you know, that, that we're doing right now, obviously, you know, back in the day, you know, the, the bullpen that we had was awesome here. And, um, you know, I think right now, you know, stat wise, I think we might be, you know, even better than we were. And, um, you know, I think we were, I, I think we still are, but, you know, number one bullpen, um, you know, for ERA and some other different little categories and stuff like that. So, you know, that's what, that's our goal this year. We strive to, you know, have the, you know, the best ERA, most inherited runner stranded, you know, all the little things that make a bullpen who we are, you know, we're trying to be the best that we can be in all of these categories. Could you have foreseen that in spring training, or has it been somewhat of a surprise to see how quickly it gelled? No, absolutely. I mean, the, the guys, we watched them throw, obviously, in spring. You know, we've, we've known for a while, I guess, uh, obviously, this organization has that we've had some big arms down there. And, um, you know, just to be added to that group of guys is awesome. And, you know, they, they definitely have something special. And, you know, I, you know, just obviously looking at Twitter and everything else, you know, apparently there's some guys, you know, in the, in the farm system that are, you know, just as good. So it'll be interesting to see how things roll out. Well, you're a big part of it right now for sure. And, uh, Brian, thanks a lot for coming by. I appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. That's Brian Shaw. Quite a season for him as uh, it's just beginning, really, and uh, he seems to be on the beam for a big year for the Tribe out of that Indians bullpen. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll hear from a couple of Indians starting pitchers, Aaron Savali and Sam Hentges. That's next on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive. Indians and Blue Jays playing this weekend. And then the White Sox come in to begin a four-game series with a doubleheader Monday afternoon, Memorial Monday doubleheader. Just sounds like what you're supposed to do on a holiday weekend, right? Well, for the Tribe, starting pitching is a little thin right now in terms of experience, but that's not the case for Aaron Savali. Still young in terms of experience at the major league level, but a couple of seasons under his belt, and he is off to a tremendous start this year. His seventh win came earlier this week in Detroit, and Savali says there's been a, a lot of key contributors to allowing him to be consistent to this point this season. Um, I mean, I think it goes back to the work that all of us put in last year and carried into into the season last year and throughout the offseason. Um, but I think uh, just prepared well for for this season. Um, still early, and there's still a long way to go. But came into spring training ready to compete, and got was able to work on some things. Um, this spring just kind of picks pitch mixes, um, just some some things that I never really got a chance to do in the past. Um, but some opportunities over this past this past year where. We were in that shutdown last year, working at full game speed, but not necessarily having to worry about results. I think there are some some things there that were figured out. And right now, it's just 
sticking to the routine and making sure that the work that I put in every day is working towards something and not just kind of going out there and going through the motions. Certainly well documented the, the changes that you made in the off season. Now that you're into this season, uh, how have they impacted how you perform from start to start? Yeah, I think the, the misses are a little bit less. Um, there's definitely some more consistency within my delivery and release points and, and et cetera. Um, but on top of that, just from a recovery standpoint, I think I'm handling that a little bit better than in, in the past, a little bit less stress on the arm and just moving a little bit cleaner, which is, and at the end of the day, what, what everyone wants to, to do. Um, not to say that I'm doing less on the recovery end, but I think um, it's bouncing back a little bit quicker and the work that I'm putting in is at a higher, higher intensity because of that. So I think it's just, my goal in the house is just to continue to maintain that and keep working. So pitch quality and, and how that's impacting what the hitters see, are, do you think you're seeing um, some real results from that as well? Yeah, I think just the ability to control what I'm doing. Um, there's been times, and it happens for everyone, where you're kind of just throwing and a pitch is coming out of your hand. But I think uh, the more you, you're able to repeat your delivery, the the better you have a feel for your pitches. So you're going to be able to control and throw the pitches instead of just a pitch coming out of your hand. But it, you're never going to throw the ball to the same spot or where you want to every single time. So it's just minimizing and understanding where you can miss. Um, and if you're more consistent with, with your delivery, then those those misses are going to be less. And then you're going to understand where where those misses are, are happening so you can kind of adjust to that based off of your game plan going in. Aaron Savali joining us, win number seven last night in Detroit. And, and Aaron, I'm, I'm sure it's different for those of us who, who aren't in that clubhouse and, and living it every day. But before the game last night, it was announced that Zach Plesak would miss some time. And the starting rotation from what it was at the start of the season is different now does that impact in any way how you approach a game, knowing that it's beneficial to the team if you pitch deep into a game? Um, I mean, my goal every time is to pitch deep into the game. So from that perspective, no. Um, it's an unfortunate accident to happen. Nobody's fault, just kind of a, a freak thing. Um, but I think we're going to – we've always done this as, a, as an organization, and it's always been next guy up. We've always picked picked each other up. That's what we do on the field, off the field. So during this time, I uh, just want Plea to focus on him and getting better and getting back to us. We're gonna we're gonna pick up that slack, and he doesn't have to worry about us. Um, that's how it's always been. Just want him to get better and get healthy, and then get back as soon as possible, uh, as soon as he's ready. But from a from a mentality standpoint, no, I don't, I don't think it changes anything. Um, obviously, it's unfortunate, but I think each guy that we have is going to go out there and give it their all regardless. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, just want him to, to get back and be healthy and don't have to think too much about that. So I think we'll, we're, we're very good at that of picking each other up and we're going to do just that. And you mentioned that, and it seems like there's something really good happening here. This team has, has won a lot of ball games this season, and, and a lot of them have been close, late wins, games like last night. Uh, is that something that, that you're sensing, that, that there is a, a real good feel around this team this year? 
for sure. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're one of the best teams in baseball from the sixth inning on, just from a combo of offense and bullpen. So whenever you have that kind of that kind of uh, feel on a team, you're going to have a good chance to win every game. And that's all we can ask for is just to, to have a chance to win every game. And I think the combo of what we have between starting pitchers, bullpen arms, and offense and defense is going to give us a shot to do that in almost every single game. Well, Aaron, nice going last night. As always, thanks a lot for coming by. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. That's Indian starting pitcher Aaron Savali talking about some of the keys to his success this season. Sam Henches would love to follow in those footsteps. The rookie worked five innings on Monday in Detroit. A no decision, but certainly a, a good progress start for him. And he says there were a couple of keys to helping him get deeper into a game. Um, I think it was just using using all my pitches um, and, and having the ability to throw strikes with all my pitches. Um, we got into a little bit of a little bit of trouble early on in the game, but um, fought through it and, and made pitches when I needed to. And battling is, is always a big part of it, whether you're in trouble or, or having a, a smooth ride through an inning. Uh, are you able to, to kind of see what other pitchers on the staff do, some of the more veteran pitchers, and, and kind of take some things from them that, that help you kind of work through the, the difficult spots? Definitely. I mean, there's – there's a lot of good pitchers, and um, with Bieber, Savali, and Plesak, they've just kind of watching them pitch and how they go about their business and, and how they attack hitters with their stuff. Obviously, they're all right-handed pitchers, so it, it is a little bit different. Um, but just kind of how they how they battle through and, and how they get deep in the games is, is something that I've taken note of and something that I will continue to watch. I know when when some of them, specifically Shane Bieber, when he first got to the major leagues, he talked about how helpful it was not only to, to watch starts of, of more experienced pitchers that were on the staff at the time, but to be able to pick their brains and do some things between starts that were helpful by watching the other pitchers. And and have you found that to be the case with them? And if so, what are some of the things that, that they're able to do to help you? Yes, definitely. They, they're, um, they're all very vocal about how, how they attack hitters and, and how they use their stuff and their strengths um, to their advantage. Um, and combined with me asking them questions about it and, and how they go about it. Um, but like I said, I think kind of hearing them and picking their brains on a day-to-day basis, um, as, as well as watching them pitch and and go about their work is is something that's helping me along the way. Tribe starting pitcher Sam Henches joining us. A, a real solid effort last night. And, and Sam, to maybe veer off a little bit, uh, you were a really good first baseman in high school in the, <laughs> in the Minneapolis area. And some friends of mine with the Twins were saying that, that they scouted you as a first baseman. Now, is that true, number one? And, and do you still maybe think sometimes about what it might have been like and, and, and trying to, to make it as a position player instead of as a pitcher? Definitely. Um, I think, I mean, I was a, I was a pretty solid first baseman in high school. Um, I don't know, obviously I didn't play college baseball, so I couldn't tell you and I haven't picked up a bat in a couple of years. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was, 
it was fun. I, I don't really miss it because I enjoy learning about pitching, um, and I enjoy pitching a lot. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's I, I do think about it sometimes. I don't think I would have gotten to the point where I am now as a hitter. So I'm, I'm definitely thankful that and blessed that I've kind of veered off in the pitching direction um, towards the end of my high school career. Well, it certainly has worked out in your favor. A good decision and a good call by those scouts. They, they must have yeah, known. definitely. They knew what they were talking about, as they, they usually do. Sam, thanks for coming by. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jim. That's rookie left-hander Sam Henches, who uh, was a pretty good high school first baseman back in the Minneapolis area. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll hear from Indians field coordinator in the minor league system, John McDonald. That's next on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Progressive wants your pets to be their best selves, so we cover them in our auto policy, and we created this self-empowerment series just for them. You are perched by the windowsill, working on a truly epic hairball. A lowly bird passes by and instinctively surrenders. You are feared by birds. Get coverage for your pets with an auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and is subject to policy terms. Welcome back to Tribe Talk presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse along with you at Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And I know earlier in our show we had mentioned the Indian series with the Blue Jays continuing Saturday afternoon at 4:10. That game just now has been postponed due to the high winds which continue downtown and rain again in the forecast later on in the day. So uh, the powers that be do not want a repeat of last night where it was just miserable conditions for baseball. They'll play a doubleheader on Sunday, a 1:10 first pitch, two seven-inning ball games with a short break in between. Airtime for Indians warm-up tomorrow will be 12.35. Earlier this week, we had a chance to visit with our old friend John McDonald, longtime Major League player, and now he's been in the Indians' farm system for a little while, and his current role is field coordinator, so he'll go visit the different minor league clubs throughout the season in a normal minor league season, which we are kind of getting back to. And we caught up with Johnny Mack in Lynchburg, Virginia, where he was taking taking in a series featuring the Lynchburg Hillcats, the single-A affiliate of the Indians at the low-A level. And he says after a couple of different roles with the organization in the past, he's enjoying his role as field coordinator in the minor league system. Yeah, I, I, I feel like it's going, it's going well, but I think at the end of the year, managers and coaches will tell me how it went. But it's, it's been an enjoyable spring training, finally getting to see players and our staff after a year on, on Zoom. Uh, we had a, a few pockets where we, we were able to get together in Arizona, but for the most part, um, you know, we were virtual all year. So getting to, getting to Arizona and being around our staff, seeing the, the ways in which they, they grew as, as coaches over the course of a, of a year without on-field baseball was a lot of fun to see how our players are, are interacting with our staff. Our, our staff is, um, they learned a lot about uh, understanding how to teach in the off season. So, so watching our, our staff apply those methods to our players was, um, was, was enjoyable. So, and now in, we're in season, we're at, I'm at an affiliate right now. So it's, it's exciting watching baseball and the, the kids could not be having more fun. And you mentioned that we catch up with you when when you're in Lynchburg, Virginia, with the Indians' low single A team there. 
you go in for four days. What what is the main thing that that you're trying to do while you're there to to help those kids move along in their careers? I wouldn't say that there's 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 one main thing. It's being a resource for the staff, uh, helping them you know understand uh, anything that they're having having trouble with. You know during the during the course of the first month of a season in the minor leagues, there's a lot of things going on. Our players are trying to get comfortable with with housing. Um, we're trying to manage our our time on the field and you know what exactly we're doing on the field to help the players and, and helping with those plans. But I mean, Dennis Malave here in, in Lynchburg, he's, he's on it. So his, his practice plan is extremely well thought out. So it's, then it's just being a resource and watching what's going on and asking questions to why, you know, why is a certain player, if something might look off or something looks really good, it's having those conversations, and getting to know our, our players a little bit, a little bit more um, outside of Arizona. Obviously, fans know you as as a longtime major leaguer, a period of that time with the Indians. But you spent some time in the minor leagues, and is that helpful if you look back at at when you were coming up? Some of the things that you thought were done well for your development, and maybe some others that ah, we could throw that away. Do you ever lean back on that and and say, hey, you know, that might be worth implementing at this point in time? Yeah, I think you know, twenty plus years ago, we saw where a few more things were left to chance, and we had less coaches. Uh, we had there are more coaches and more resources that we have right now to help our players. And you know, would I have loved uh, as a younger player to have learned more about more about hitting, just you know, how how my body moved and where my limitations were, and you know what the the proper bat angle could could be for me, uh, how what my hand placement is like. And just there's there's just so many more things we know about the swing, and uh, you know, really about everything baseball that the conversations are completely different. And so while it was a little simpler, which it helped me as well, because it was, hey, go out and play. You're going to play every day. And, and there were there were times where I, yeah, I, I did actually play most every game, uh, and I was really fortunate. Now we're, we manage loads a little bit more. We are more specific with our conversations that we have with, with players. It's, it's, I don't want to say it's more well thought out, but because there's more information, you do have to spend a little bit more time making sure that the players get the correct information. And it, it makes it it makes it a lot of fun to have these conversations with the players. Some of it I wish we had 20 years ago, but we weren't there. Um, just Major League Baseball, Minor League Baseball was not there 20 years ago. And as we wrap things up with John McDonald, Indians field coordinator, you look at, at this, your second year in the position, but really the, the first year you're back out there doing doing what the position is. But you look back at the last year, are you amazed sometimes at, at how much you were able to accomplish uh, not just you, but the organization in really trying times, especially we heard about the alternate site. Yes, there were players there uh, trying to play some sort of games, but how about all those other minor leaguers in the system who had no place to go? Um, how did you get them through that downtime to where they can come out and now perform this season? Yeah, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the most enjoyable at times for them, but I think as they started to, started to see the, the connections that and the the willingness of, of this organization to spend that much time with our players when we couldn't see them in person so they they got um, a level of communication that was uh, above and beyond what anybody thought we were going to be able to do and the the learning that they were able, our, our players were able to do the, the resources that they got from our staff and the, they, they were sending videos of, of the work that they were doing it was it was pretty impressive the amount of resources that the players created for themselves because we weren't, we weren't sending them everything. They had to, they had to get creative and, you know, had to figure out how they're going to get their swings in when 
they only have one other person in the household that can help them and they're not, they can't throw them BP where they're going to do their workouts and what type of weights they're going to have. If you, if you don't have weights, how can you create weights and, and be able to do like workouts at home? And it was, they're, they're very resourceful. And I think that's a, that is a really positive thing that our players could take, take away from, from it is the, the ability to, to be better communicators with, with, with us and, and knowing that we are really passionate about helping them learn and develop. I mean, the, the players, the, the players drove a lot of it and they, they weren't always thrilled to be on another zoom call, but when we got to spring training and just, you see the connections that they, that they developed with the coaches that they were speaking to the most. And it just it seemed like they were, they were together last year. They just weren't in person. Johnny Mack. Thanks a lot for coming by. This was fun. And uh, I'm sure we'll catch up with you down the road. My pleasure, Rosie. That's Indians field coordinator, John McDonald. And uh, always great to catch up with Johnny Mack. Once again, the Indians game with the Blue Jays on Saturday afternoon at 4:10 postponed due to continued high winds in downtown Cleveland and the threat of rain showers as the game gets going. So no game Saturday. Doubleheader Sunday, a traditional doubleheader with a short break in between two seven-inning ball games between the Indians and the Blue Jays. And again, a 1:10 pitch or first pitch for Game One of that doubleheader. Well, I want to thank, as always, Brian Matze for his help putting together our show each week. I'm Jim Rosenhouse, reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.